0: Hey, it's great to be here. Yeah, yeah, I hope uh, hope you all like my music. I'm sure a lot of you <laughs> won't, but, uh, yeah, it gives you a good sort of indication of where I came from and um, the weirdo I became.
1: Yeah, do you think it, it was easy to put together this playlist? Did it come all very quickly, or was it kind of hard to put it together?
0: Oh, it was so easy, yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, music's just been a big inspiration throughout my life, and I kind of a lot of my life I've kind of pushed it in the background um, to my detriment, which is kind of what we're you know, talking about in the, start, in the start is, you know, I did have that commercial software role and kind of like hid behind a, oh, I'm crap at music, don't get into music. Mm-hmm. And yeah, since unleashing that and sort of thinking, oh, look, let's just be weird and combine my techno with music has yeah. just been awesome. So, I mean,
1: as as an essentially creative person, having a desk job for ten years full time—oh my god, full on full time—how <laughs> how did you make it last so long? Like, how did you survive for ten years? What kept you there?
0: Well, the money helps. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. But um, I kind I kind of hid behind the fact that I was sort of making creative tools. So I was making software that let people be creative. So I made, um, you know software for people to do audio mixing and software for people to do live TV mixing and light theatre shows and things like that. Um, So I kind of fooled myself into thinking, oh, I'm doing creative things, but then it kind of dawned on me, uh, no, I'm sitting in an office being really bored looking at my desk cubicle, and Enabling other people, people. <laughs> are doing amazing things with what I'm making, and that's not fair.
1: Yeah, you're you're the enabler.
0: Yeah, I know. Which, after Don't a be a an enabler.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. So, our first track is from Mr Bungle. And who is Mr Bungle? What is Mr Bungle?
0: Well, Mr Bungle... Well, who is Mr Bungle? I think it's a fictional character, but it's a conglomeration of um, weirdos that met in university, I think, including Mike Patton from Faith No More, and Trace Bruins and... Uh, You know a whole lot of other really talented people that sort of got together and decided let's be weird and try to throw every single genre in the world into one single song and they do that song after song after song and it's amazing
1: so that's what we have here in the air-conditioned nightmare
0: yeah the air-conditioned nightmare so reflects my time in software engineering because i just sat in my office you know in an air-conditioned nightmare just dreaming about doing this kind of wacky music that mr bungle makes and uh, that was kind of the impetus for me to say, screw it, I've got to give my creative side a bit more of a chance to shine.
1: An out of the box FBI. <laughs>
2: Where's my rainbow, where's my halo, there's my halo.
1: On FBI 94.5, my guest on Out of the Box today is Andrew Bluff, who brought in that track, which was a bit on the kooky side.
0: Oh, I love it, kooky. Yeah. Yeah, it gets me going.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Mr Bungle, The Air Conditioned Nightmare, a song about your own air-conditioned nightmare, working in an office job for 10 years. But what, what actually kind of let you move away from that? Like what, what, at what point do you just kind of leave your desk job behind?
0: Uh, well, actually, was, um, yeah, getting fed up with it, absolutely. But I found a university course at the UTS called Sound and Music Design, which was a really great mix of music composition and technology and interactive art. And it just fit, ticked all the boxes. This is ax- exactly what I wanted to do. And I sort of then... You know, I went and did the course and just got exposed to so many other people doing weird things I mean, I was I was already at home in my own bedroom, sort of like making my own hand trackers and things like that So I put on like pink gloves and I'd like stand, wave in front of my webcam and make weird music by doing that And I was just thinking, this, <laughs> this shit's just too weird, no one's going to want to get into this And then As I did you this. do Yeah, as you do and I went to this university course, and you know, there's a whole lot of academics doing this. With I'm like, pink hands. We Just- pink. Oh, <laughs> everyone loves the pink. <laughs> but it was like, it was amazing. And um, yeah, so one one of the things they kind of introduced to me was was circuit bending. Um,
1: and so, what is circuit bending? What is what does that involve for people who've never heard of the word circuit bending? Circuit
0: anymore? bending is this really cool thing where you basically get old crappy toys. So you get. Um, that make noise. So like it might be a Teddy Ruxpin, or a Tickle Me Elmo, or it could be like some old sort of electronic guitar for kids. And you take it apart and you basically just hotwire things together. So you kind of solder random components onto it. You don't know what you're doing. you kind of just basically short-circuiting it to com- produce really crazy electronic sounds that kind of are really disturbing. Okay. Um but the the fact they're coming from these beautiful little teddy bears and things like that is just amazing.
1: Yeah. So it's kind of unpredictable music essentially.
0: Completely unpredictable.
1: Is that kind of part of what you do actually trying to make it so, you know, the the music that you make is unpredictable?
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I kind of I mean, the circuit bending inspired me to make this iPhone app or iPad app called iGlitch, which was Basically, a virtual circuit board where you could stick your fingers on the screen and it would just w- make all sorts of wacky things. Like nothing was labelled, and it deliberately moved the slots around so you n- could never actually predict what it was going to do.
1: Yeah, it looks like the back of a really old, you know, computer or TV. Yeah, totally switchboard kind of thing. Yeah,
0: and mm. the the sound that comes out of it. Like at first, it's kind of a little bit predictable, but you play with it for about twenty seconds, and it just turns into complete madness. Which is what I love. I just love sort of having control over not having control. Which <laughs> Choosing is... <laughs>
1: to not have control. Yeah. That's interesting. I guess you also, I don't know if this is part of it, but in, in your art, if you're making things that are... You know, structurally unpredictable. Like the unpredictability is part of the thing that you're using to make the art. You kind of don't have to be so responsible for. It. You don't have to be in the way that you might create a folk song and you have a really good idea of what things are, how they should turn out. You don't have to have that sense of, you know, really ownership. Maybe. Is yeah.
0: That part of it? No, it's really freeing. It's amazing because you're kind of giving permission for the, for the song to sort of have its own life and do whatever it wants to do and part of the person, like a lot of the things I do are interactive work, so the audience actually sort of participates in it and puts their own tracks into So, with a mobile phone orchestra, it chooses people's songs out of people's own library. Um, You know, with other works I've done, it takes people's own movement and the way they move and create sound out of that. And it's kind of a way to free them up and give them a sense of play as well as, Freeing me up from having responsibility (laughs) to make good sounds and good music.
1: Yeah, still enabling, are we? (laughs) Yeah,
0: I'm always an enabler, unfortunately.
1: So um, we are talking about circuit bending a second ago and we're going to hear an example of that in the next song um, by Nine Inch Nails, who I used to really hate, I'll be honest. I used to really (laughs) hate Nine Inch Nails. I didn't get it. I just thought, I could do better lyrics or whatever. I was 13 at the time, but I, I never really got on board and slowly, slowly I am getting there. Well, what that, do you like about them?
0: Well, that's kind of my story as well. I first I hated them at their first album as well, and then since then I've grown to love them. It's pretty much my favorite band now. Um, I kind of love, you know, he's making he's making really structured pop sounds. Well, not so pop, out of sort of distortion, and so he's getting all these elements of out of controlness, and then creating control out of it, and then. Putting on top of that sort of dystopian lyrics of things that I can kind of engage with as well, with <laughs> my hate for software engineering. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Great. The track's called Me, I'm Not, it's Nine Inch Nails on Out of the Box FBI. <laughs>
2: it all back some way somehow if i knew
1: convert now
0: i think (laughs) how beautiful is that
1: yeah and that's the thing like when i've when i've seen circuit bending done live it's kind of not really hit the spot musically you know it's kind of not a satisfying full song yeah he takes
0: experimentation and he makes it actually listenable which Mm -hmm. i think um bjork does that as well and it's just yeah when you combine the two things it's really more than the sum of its parts i think
1: so that's Andrew Bluff, you're hearing. He's also known as Roller Chimp. And uh, he's, he's done many things. So he's essentially a new media interaction artist. And one of the elements of that actually won him an award, a award for Crowd Art Prize, the ZKM App Award. So what is Crowd
0: Art? Crowd Art could basically be defined as art where the crowd... So you'll have multiple people there and they combine to create the artwork. So the artists have obviously made some kind of structure, and in my case, some kind of technological program that enables this. But it's through the crowd's own interactions, or in the case of um, mobile phone orchestra, uh, it actually takes the songs from their own iPods and it creates a composition out of... So if there were 20 people in the room and they all played the mobile phone orchestra, it creates this wacky, demented composition Including everyone's sort of snippets of songs from their iPod, and it sort of so everyone is part of the artwork. Yeah,
1: everyone's iPods are essentially singing together. Yeah. Actually, one of the one of the examples of I guess what I'd assume is also crowd art that I really liked that I saw of yours was um it was called C- Creature. So it's kind of tiny tiny bits of flora and fauna come together to create a bigger creature. So I think an Australian animal. But then someone would dance around in front of the projection or, you you know, you get kids coming in front of the projection and just fooling around. And, and how would it react?
0: Yeah, so we kind of... Um, so I've done this work with a theatre company called Stalker Theatre Company that I've done a bit of work with before. Um, they're into dance, uh, physical performance. And so what we would do is use the movement of people to basically stir a virtual fluid, if you like. So it's like the, the the crowd is moving in this kind of virtual water and there are sort of particles that float on top of that water, if you like. So as you sort of wave your hands, it's like you're swooshing the water about and those little particles float around in response to you. But then we project them up onto a huge surface behind you and we kind of make them turn into animals and into the shapes of flowers and things like that. So there's kind of weird dynamic between you kind of you're seeing the wombats or the the kangaroos or what have you, but you're sort of you're distorting them at the same time and you're part of them. So you're sort of inhabiting them, but it's like 20 people can use it all at the same time.
1: Yeah, so it's kind of like you muddy the image with your hands, like with your gesture, even though you're not touching anything, it responds as if you are and then they just magically reform it's it's very it's like a very beautiful thing to see in in action, so if you Google Creature, you can actually see how that turns out. but I think one of my favorite parts when I saw a little video of um Creature in action was the kids at the end coming in and throwing around little um, autumn leaves that were projected.
0: Yeah, the kids just went crazy. It was amazing. (laughs) Losing their tiny minds. It was so great. I was like, I went up the front and um, you could just see them doing cartwheels and like jumping on each other's shoulders and just like squealing (laughs) and you could hear them yelling, it's a wombat! Like throwing their hands up in the air. It was like, it really, it really made my day. It made it all worthwhile.
1: Yeah, totally. So, you know, in that sense, I guess crowd art is actually, you know, is it a new frontier? Or is it something that's been around for a while?
0: Uh, oh, it's basically just enabling kids to be kids again and <laughs> adults to be kids. Like, you know, I'm just a big kid at heart, so... <laughs> it's <Yeah>. fantastic.
1: <laughs> so we've got a track from Gautier. Uh, which one do we have here?
0: Okay, so we've got State of the Art, which is, um, you know, Sophie's latest album, and it's fairly daggy in my opinion, but I love it for its dagginess. Uh, it's kind of talking about this old, um, you know, organ or synthesizer or something they have in their house and it plays all snippets from that synthesizer. But what I I really love about this track and a couple of Gautier's tracks is that it feels to me like, I don't know if he actually intends this, but it feels to me like he gives each single part of his track their own personality. So each little sound in there sounds like they're a little creature to me. And it's almost like he doesn't then create a song out of it, but he creates these little characters. And how these characters interact... Then make the actual song, kind of like when a writer um, says, "Oh, I don't make the story; I make a character, and then the characters tell their own story." I kind of this kind of opened up a real way of composition to me that I found completely interesting. Um, uh, then then led me to go and make a, a super weirdo composition called F- Post Industrial Frogscape. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, did it actually have frogs in it?
0: It had. So I recorded sounds of cars, air conditions, things like that, and then made them act like frogs. Um, (laughs) So they had their own frog personalities, and they would interact with each other, and it's pretty sounds as weird as the description. It was pretty (laughs) odd. But I got to go to New York and play it, so that was
1: awesome. Oh, wicked. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, we've got Gautier doing a similar thing, but a little bit less uh, weird.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: (laughs) But equally as daggy. Yeah. I hope.
2: Model D 575 plus custom food presets And harmony plus good addition Now for an a leg We get three half dozen beats And choose from So now we can pretend There's an orchestra in the lounge room On my left hand can play the choir It's 16-foot diapason And Larry's patented orchestral symphonizer Banjo's great on repeat The kids want to play, but they'll have to be patient The wife can't help tap their her feet It's a genuine home entertainment revelation State of the art computer. hear the result let
1: many silly sounds in that song it's just ridiculous
0: yeah I love it it totally it reminds me it's in here because it reminds me of um, a couple of friends of mine Karen Senf and Sarah Lee Izzard went and did a concert a whole hour of just bird sounds so we recorded bird sounds and we sort of composed them deconstructed them to make this wacky concert um, that we performed live this is a couple of years ago at Campbelltown Performing Arts Centre.
1: Okay. So how did you actually procure these bird sounds? You just go into the backyard?
0: Um, no. If you try finding an hour's worth of bird sounds, oh my God, it's hard work. We (laughs) were hunting birds and we basically got the bird flu because we were just insane. We went all around New South Wales, went to the Capiti Valley, which is apparently the best bird spot in the whole Southern Hemisphere, except in winter when (laughs) there are no birds there whatsoever.
1: Let me guess, you were there in winter, right?
0: We were there in winter, in Uh freezing cold, battling through fog, things like this.
1: What are the other kind of difficult things about recording bird sounds? Because I'm sure it's not just the winter.
0: Birds are very shy animals. They can see, they know what a microphone is. They can see, if you're pointing a microphone at them, they shut up. They don't (laughs) do a squawk or a peep or anything. And we actually noticed after doing it for a while that um, the only time when a bird would actually make noise was when some other really loud noise happened. So if a plane went overhead, all the birds would go berserk. They're like, ah, I'm freaking out. There's a plane coming. (laughs) Oh, my God. But if you're recording sounds of birds, you don't want a plane in the background. So it's like. Uh, and uh. there's always something in the background. Did
1: you, did you actually try planting microphones and leaving them there and then going back and seeing, you know, when the audio peaks, seeing if there's an actual bird sound there? Because maybe it was you being there that was part of the problem.
0: We did we did try to do that, and there was a whole kind of philosophy about uh, you shouldn't interfere with the birds, so you should just place a microphone and get them in their natural habitat. We kind of got sick of it and just smacked a whole lot of bird seed onto our microphones. <laughs> We um, were like, oh, they're going to love this. Okay, birdseed and peanut butter and stuff like that. And no, nothing.
1: And then the microphones are broken.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, well, that's a waste of money.
1: <laughs> My guest on Out of the Box today is Andrew Bluff, otherwise known as Roller Chimp, and uh, works a lot in sound, as we can hear right now. An hour's worth of bird sounds not so not so simple to get well that with that with that um, chicken sound and that song it's like if if MIA actually showed you like just laid out and showed you in a timeline all of the songs all, all the sounds she was going to use to make a song you'd say to her it can't be done that's going to be the stupidest song ever that's a really bad idea but like it works it, to- it's got it chicken totally sounds works. and everything
0: yeah yeah I mean, that's one thing that we didn't have in our work was a chicken sound i recorded some chickens but they're in indonesia and we we're doing an australian bird thing so i thought oh no i have to be true to it like i won't put the chicken in
1: <laughs> yeah they're, they're originally from asia i guess chickens right
0: uh, yeah I, can, I don't know
1: from way 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 back oh yeah <laughs> dropping some knowledge on you all right Alrighty. Um, so let's have a bit of a flashback right now because you you were in um the czech republic for a couple years there weren't you
0: yeah so Typical story, you know, guy from Geelong goes to Melbourne and then, you know, backpacks goes all the way to Czech Republic to meet their girlfriend who's from Sydney. Like, typical, (laughs) typical story. (laughs) So I kind of, you know, I met her in the Czech Republic and then we lived there for a year and a half in this gorgeous little town called Český Krumlov, which Mm. is kind of like a um, gingerbread town. It's got cobbled streets, it's got a castle and, you know, it's like in a snow globe or something.
1: I'm getting strong Pinocchio vibes.
0: Pinocchio was actually filmed there you're kidding no what yeah <laughs> magic <laughs> there you go um yeah so totally one of these towns that they try to put in movies and things like that and pretend it's you know some mystical place and we fell in love with it and we fell in love I eventually married this woman and oh, wow. yeah and actually we went back there and got married there so really cool story we kind of well my family hates it because we kind of eloped and didn't invite them but (laughs) we we were there with a few friends and um yeah we got married on this hill did some hippie vows and things like that and then our friends constructed this just married raft out of like inner tubes and inflatable furniture with like pink feathers in it and made this banner saying just married out of a sheet and they spray painted it and we kind of we all the whole wedding party, like all eight of us, went floated down the river on this this crazy raft thing, with balloons hanging out, and these little ducklings came and like kind of joined our party and they Aww. they escorted us the whole way Aww, it's so and cute. <laughs> yeah, and then we floated we went down these little rapid bits, and you know everything disintegrated, and we all fell in the water and then we <laughs> you know ended up going to a gypsy bar and hiring a gypsy band for the night, so it was a kind of you know, your standard wedding, I guess.
1: <laughs> Classic. So we've got a song now by Jose Gonzalez. How does he fit into this?
0: Well, I think it was inspired by the balloons floating down the river. And I'd hate to say it, but the, the Bra- Sony Bravia ad that featured his song had these kind of paintballs that were floating through the air. And I was like, oh, look, similar thing. I was listening to, to the song and I put it on the wedding video. I was like, all right, you know, I'll I'll put it over the top of that little scene in the wedding video. And it's one of those things where now when you watch the video back, it's like that memory has been intertwined with that song because I've watched it so many times. So when I think of the song, I think of floating down the river with the ducklings and the you know all my friends. It was amazing. <laughs>
1: So beautiful. Uh. And just the background story and the image of you and your wife and all your mates on a raft in Chesky Kronlov floating down the river with ducks following. That's like now my new vision, visual, you know, reference for that song.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry to any boyfriends out there feeling any pressure, but get your yeah. hippie on, it's awesome.
1: <laughs> you know, I actually I actually just texted my boyfriend, I was like, hey, uh, so how about, how, how about this, this is really cool. Um, <laughs> so, so you lived there for one and a half years, what do you do in the Czech Republic when you're living there?
0: Ah, so, from, so I already had a job as a software engineer for a couple of years, and as we all know, I didn't like that. So I went travelling and, um, yeah, hooked up with my wife who was working in a youth hostel, a uh, backpackers hostel. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I joined on and scrubbed toilets and worked for Peanuts for a year and a half and right. just loved every minute of it, basically. <laughs> um, we kind of got kicked out of the, the country because they changed overnight, they changed the visa laws on us and um, we couldn't stay there without super, um, without owning our own company, basically. Wow, weird. Uh, Yeah, which they then changed like six months later. So if it wasn't for that, we'd probably still be living there. But um, it was an amazing place. It was a town run by artists. So it kind of let us just sort of relax and just the weirdest stuff used, used to happen. Like you'd be in the pub and people would just like walk in with some window frame that they've made out of metal, like hand forged it themselves and then end up dancing with it and like throwing it around the room and then going home with it and, you know, it would end up would be from the castle or something like that. It was just the most random place ever. <laughs> what? And, <laughs> you know, it was an amazing year and a half.
1: Yeah, it sounds stunning. And I, I do want to know, though, like, why Why did you get married there And rather than having a big old wedding with the family in tow and everything?
0: Well, I think, to be honest, we'd kind of... We were already acting like a married couple and there was something about... A traditional wedding with all the family and everything that just didn't really sit right. Um, I kind—it's kind of like almost what everyone else wants, and not what you want. And I was like, no, this is, this is our thing. We've got to sort of celebrate why we fell in love and what's you know unique about us and things like that. So we, we were going on holidays through Europe, and I proposed um, at Park Güell in Barcelona because that's she's really into mosaics and the park well <laughs> is made by Gaudi and it just has That's these amazing cute. mosaic chairs and structures and things like that. It's a really beautiful park. So I proposed there and then on this trip we were meeting a couple of our really, really close friends, Chris and Court, and Danielle's sister was there. Danielle's my wife, by the way. Hi, Danielle. Um, Danielle's <laughs> sister, Hi, Dan. Yeah, she, um, so the sister was there and our really good friends, Carol and Carolyn, already live in, in Czech Republic and Steve. So it was kind of like, All of our closest friends were there, and it was like, okay, everyone's here except the parents.
1: And you don't have to pay a caterer.
0: And we don't have to pay a caterer. Well, we did. We paid equivalent (laughs) of about $30 to have like this amazing pork knuckle, medieval pork knuckle shipped up to us. And this (laughs) bohemian honey cake, it was amazing.
1: Oh God, nailed it. Absolutely nailed the the whole wedding thing. So, um, this is I feel like that's so incongruous, like just, you know, having known that you were just, you know, sitting at a desk hating life and software programming for ten years and then just being such a such a massive hippie (laughs) with the whole (laughs) wedding thing. But you've done you've done some really cool stuff in in software engineering. Like one thing I picked up on was Yakman. What is Yakman?
0: Yakman. (laughs) Yakman is it's um Pac Man that you control with your voice. So instead of, um, you know, using your fingers to move him around, you basically say words.
1: And what's the point of that?
0: It's used for speech therapy. So it's an idea we had where, um, you know, especially aimed at kids, I guess, where they're not quite pronouncing their vowels correctly. And, you know, who wants to practice these boring exercises that your speech pathology gives you? Like, oh, my God, so boring.
1: Yes, yeah, so they're going dot da- 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 bat.
0: Exactly. Bat. That, 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 yeah. <laughs> so let's make a game out of it. And you control your little Pac Man character. And we made a Space Invaders one as well called Speech Invaders.
1: Oh, that's great. I love the fact that you managed to fit a pun in there. That's.
0: Oh, I'm all about puns. Yeah. Yep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't have happened if there wasn't a pun available, would it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> we would have had to make a completely different game.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, like, how does that work though? How does it help a kid with speech? Is just saying the same thing again and again and again enough to help them? Or does it need to be some sort of more incentive?
0: Well, yeah, so it's positive reinforcement. So they know as their speech gets better, they can control the game better and they can progress through the levels. Um, but a lot of it is just just making it fun. Like once you're relaxed and it's fun and you're saying the words over and over again, then it sort of frees you up to say them more correctly.
1: Yeah, rather than just being nervous and, and self-judgmental. Exactly. I think it's a fantastic idea. That's awesome. Um, I think it's time we take a, sound, a song. Uh, how do you feel about... Tomo Yasu Hote.
0: Oh, I feel pumped up by that song. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Well, I used to do Kung Fu and Tai Chi quite a lot. I was almost obsessed by it, you could say. Mm -hmm. And um, got into the whole, you know, weapons. I used to have every weapon under the sun and like love sparring and things like that. And they used to play the Kill Bill soundtrack um, just. You know, in the background, I don't know. I think it was a bit psycho. L instructor, Scott, yeah, who, yeah, I shout mean, out, he's an awesome guy. But. Yeah, it's
1: funny though because like when it comes to kung fu and martial arts, people say, "Oh no, it's not about just necessarily defending yourself. It's about you know getting into this like real zone." And they make it sound quite spiritual, and it's about you know self discipline. And this guy is just playing kill Bl- Bill <laughs> behind everyone doing.
0: Well, it's amazingly spiritual. And, well, the thing was, music has such a uh, means to motivate you. And it can be if you play that real pipe music, maybe it soothes you down and stuff like that. But playing this song, it just revs me up. And people could, I could tell when the song came on, people would have a look of fear in their eyes because I would just go crazy. <laughs> I would just be like a sparring machine taking on, you know, five people at a time, kicking them and doing all these things, you know. Bear in mind, I didn't hurt anyone. No no kung fu artists were hurt yeah. in, the, in this practice. But, <laughs> but, you know. But, you know. You've they were got terrified. To, when this song comes on, yeah, Yeah. look out.
1: You're in your own little movie when this happens. <laughs> <laughs> out of the box, FBI. My guest today is Andrew Bluff, a.k.a. Rolling chimps.
0: FBI.
2: Don't do that to you. Declare independence. Don't let them do that to you. Make your own flag. Make your own flag. Make your own flag. Make your own flag. flag. Raise your flag. Raise your flag. Raise flag higher, higher. Raise your higher, higher. Raise your fly higher, higher. we flag. High-year, high-year.
1: Good lord, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> brought in by my guest today, that is Andrew Bluff. He is also known as Roller Chimp. He's a new media interaction, interaction artist. And that was Björk with Declare Independence. Funnily enough, you brought up your rev up, rev up song just a moment ago. And so we played a track called Battle Without Honour by, how do you pronounce his name? Tomo suhote
0: it sounds good to me. Yeah. <laughs> we'll,
1: we'll go with that. That's my rev up song, "Declare Independence" by Björk. So, why did you want to bring that one on?
0: Uh, apart from the fact that it's just an awesome oh, song, so good. <laughs> um, Björk actually did something when she performed this song live. She actually used this instrument called the Reactable, which is a new, new style of um, synthesizer/sampler, which is a collaborative one. So, it's a. It's kind of hard to describe. It's basically a table where you all stand around and you get these little blocks on it. And if you put a block onto the table, then it makes sound. And if you put another block on it, those sounds connect in some way and they make sort of weird music together.
1: Yeah, I remember seeing Björk live during the Biophilia tour and that was part of the performance. So it was when she had all those really strange, um, you know, kind of a lot of instruments that actually responded to other forces or they were really unpredictable like the gigantic harp with kind of pendulum arms. Yeah. And that reactable just didn't make sense to me. It was like dice on a big, weird, lit-up drum and you could turn the dice around or flip them over and it would change the pace of what you're doing. It would chase the, the... It would change the sound of what you were doing or, like, the the tone or...
0: I think it's one of these things where if you're watching it, watching someone do it, you can kind of see that things are happening. But Mm -hmm. it's only once you sit there with the blocks yourself and play with it that it all just sort of drops in and makes sense. And it's basically like you're inside a synthesizer and you're rearranging the circuits by using these little, like, kids' blocks. And it's just such a fun way to explore music. Um, it's, It's that whole thing, again, is you're not always exactly sure what you're going to get out of it, but you know it's going to respond and you know it's going to be sort of interesting. Um, And this is kind of, this is a bit of a revolutionary instrument in the field of um, making weirdo technical uh, instruments, and the fact that Björk has used it on live tour is just incredible.
1: Yeah, does it give you kind of hope for the things that you create that maybe one day Björk will pick them up?
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah, I've had more than one dream about that, to be honest. Yeah.
1: That's great. It's been such a fun time having you on the show, Andrew, and you've got a um, something coming up at the MCA that is probably worth a visit if people are interested in your craft. Can you tell us a bit about that?
0: Yeah, so the MCA has got a youth event. Um, I'm not sure of the exact date, to be honest. I'm very naughty. It's 19th. 19th of April. Okay, thank you. Um, and it is kind of like a way for for young teenagers and older teenagers as well. To, co- to go into the MCA and interact with a whole lot of um, light-based interactive artworks and just sort of get fun and naughty in the MCA gallery. Yeah. And we're, we're um, putting up our little fluid piece in there, which I think is probably going to be largely creature-inspired, as you were talking before, mm-hmm. that kind of thing where you move your hands and the... the the shapes interact and stuff like that.
1: Worth googling that as well. Uh, I think if you Google the cr- the creature, put the word stalker in there, and Andrew Bluff, you'll find it.
0: Yeah, you can always jump on the RollerChimp website, www.rollerchimp.com, <laughs> um, and it's all on there as well.
1: All right, awesome. We've got time for one last track, and it is by the Mars, Mars Volta. Volta. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes.
0: So this the Mars Volta were kind of um, really inspired me in a strange way because I went to see them in concert and they're kind of this prog rock band that does these really amazing, intelligent songs that seem to just waffle on forever. So they kind of make these 15-minute songs and especially live, they can go 15, 20 minutes, doing some of these crazy solos that sort of sound a bit weird. Yeah, it's
1: kind of like Stoner Savant.
0: Yeah, totally. (laughs) Because it just keeps going, but it's like actually genius. Totally, totally. (laughs) But live in concert, you know, you go there and it's really badly mixed and the acoustics are bad at the Horton Pavilion and it kind of just sounds like noise that's going on, like this whole big wall of noise going on for 15, 20 minutes and you kind of get in the groove and you sort of start to drift off, your mind's going away. There was this moment during one song where, oh my God, they were just going on and on and on super loud and bang, it just stopped. The, all of the instruments stopped perfectly in sync The lights went off and it was the most beautiful moment ever and it's kind of like all this build up for 20 minutes of just sonic wall repetitive stuff that kind of is impenetrable and really hard to listen to was worth it for this two seconds of silence after it and i think there's just something beautiful about silence and negative space that our culture doesn't really investigate very much and that kind of sparked that thought for me and I, I think a lot of concerts I go to, with slightly experimental stuff, you do go there and you kind of think, oh, this is a bit drab, this whole concert, and then you come away with one little spark of creativity or you know something from that, and it makes the whole thing worthwhile. Yeah. And and the Mars Volta did that for me. So. I
1: totally get where you're coming from. This is great. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show, Andrew. Thank you. It's
0: been great being here. Yeah, good Good
1: good luck with your PhD that you're doing as well. The the one on interactive art focusing on spatialized sound and audio relating to motion capture because that is something I don't understand and someone needs to understand it for me. (laughs) You'll be that guy. Awesome. Here we go.